Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to talk to you about a book that I'm about to have come out that I'm very, very excited about. One of my favorite topics of study over the years has been Abraham Lincoln. I really admire him. I really find his story fascinating. I, I, I'm, I'm just, just love him, and I'll tell you why as as we go through this podcast. But uh, in the latter part of 2012, in November, uh, just about the time the Sp- Steven Spielberg film comes out titled Lincoln, and if you haven't seen the trailer on this film, please do because it just looks like it's going to be great. Uh, but about the same time that film comes out, I have a book coming out called Lincoln's Battle with God. And it may be, from a, from a writing standpoint, my best book. Some of my books do well because of, of the timeliness of them. You know, I'm explaining George W. Bush or I'm stepping into the controversies about Barack Obama. Some of them do well because, um, you know, they're just topics people enjoy, like, uh, like the book on Guinness. And some of them don't sell as well as I'd like for them to. Every author has that experience. Uh, but this is, I would have to say, probably my favorite book um, just because of the topic and my love for the topic and the fact that it's a lifelong uh, study for me. Um, and so around the time the Spielberg comes out, in early, I'm sorry, the Spielberg movie comes out in early November, um, my book will be coming out as well. It's published by Thomas Nelson called Lincoln's Battle with God. I am extremely excited about it. Um, I remember when I was a teenager going to high school in Berlin, Germany. Uh, it was long enough ago that I, it was actually during the Cold War. My friends and I used to go look over the wall and see the East Germans and the Russians pointing their machine guns back across the wall at us and, you know, flipping us obscene signs and so on. Um, and so I literally lived in what they used to call an outpost of freedom, West Berlin, uh, behind uh, communist lines. And uh, I remember that my uh, social studies teacher uh, and I talked uh, about Abraham Lincoln. Now, I was not a very good student in high school. Nobody had really helped me intellectually awaken. And because I was a jock, people kind of treated me like a big, jump, dumb jock. And so I never really flowered intellectually. But, but this teacher kind of believed in me and talked to me once about Abraham Lincoln. And uh, the reason was that we were fascinated that there was a street in Berlin called, you know, Abraham Lincoln's Strasse, uh, the German word for street. And so we talked at length, and this teacher kind of broke out what Lincoln taught and believed. And I, I just, and one of the things the teacher said was that Lincoln had learned on his own, that he'd never really had teachers and so on. And I really related to that. Uh, so I began to fall in love with Abraham Lincoln. Now, initially, I fell in love with the mythical Abraham Lincoln, you know, the, uh, the, the, the guy who is on par with Washington, you know, chopping down the cherry tree and throwing the silver dollar across the Potomac, you know, the Abraham Lincoln who was strong and stalwart and always funny and, and kind of the mythical Lincoln. Um, and the man who freed the slaves, etc. And then there was the tortured Lincoln, the man racked by depression, the man who, you know, wrestled with his father and hating his father and so on and had a lot of deaths in his life. Um, then there was the leftist Lincoln. Then there was the, you know, there are all sorts of Lincolns that I sort of worked through as stages in my life. But the Lincoln, uh, and I think I finally came to a more mature view uh, of who he was. We go through those stages, especially when we're young. But the Lincoln that fascinated me most was the Lincoln wrestling with God as the foundation for almost everything he did in the presidency. 
And throughout my life of reading about Lincoln, there basically have been, I've discovered that there are two basic views of his faith. Uh, There's the totally secular Lincoln, which is where most scholars land. Um, They know that in his early days, particularly at at a place called New Salem, um, he rejected the faith, pretty much uh, became the village atheist, rejected the Christianity of his parents. And most scholars leave the story there, that Lincoln never changed, never, never shifted, never grew into anything more. And then there's the other extreme of usually Christian authors painting Abraham Lincoln as though he's a frontier version of Billy Graham. And I believe that neither of those extremes is true. I don't believe that Lincoln was an atheist all his life, and I don't believe that he was this valiant, you know, evangelical who, you know, perhaps the most Christian president of our history. I don't believe that's true at all. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. And I loved exploring it because I think, as someone once said, the journey is the thing. I don't know if Abraham Lincoln arrived at a thoroughly born-again kind of Christianity. That's not really the issue for me, even though I'm a born-again Christian. What is of issue to me is how Lincoln battled through his depression, the deaths he suffered, the, the things he endured, and arrived ultimately, yes, he was once the village atheist, but he arrived ultimately at a deep and profound faith in God. You can see it in the second inaugural address. You can uh, see it in uh, what he even says in the first inaugural address. You can see it in the Gettysburg address. Um, You can hear it in the reflections of his friends. And then I I think that this is not just a matter of uh, you know, approach or philosophy or, or reclaiming a, a story from history, it's critical to know because some of the most important things Abraham Lincoln did, he did because of his faith. Now, there are probably some scholars listening right now who are going, oh, come on, you're taking it way too far. No, no, no. Uh, one, Abraham Lincoln himself thought that the most important thing he did in his presidency and in his life was issuing the Emancipation Proclamation. And that, of course, was the document that provided for the freeing of the slaves. Um, Abraham Lincoln did that because he had made a covenant with God. This is verified by uh, several of the people who were sitting in the cabinet meeting where he discussed this, where he announced it. This was verified by Lincoln himself. Abraham Lincoln uh, was very distressed by the way the war was going. His generals were failing him. The Union was not uh, gaining a quick victory. He went to God, he said, and he said, if you will grant us significant victories, um, I will sign a a proclamation freeing the slaves. Uh, Antietam then happened not long afterwards, and Lincoln decided to fulfill his word. He told his cabinet, I made a covenant with God. One of the cabinet members didn't think he had heard him clearly and said, sir, say that again. You say there's a covenant involved in this. And Lincoln said again, I made a solemn covenant with God that I would free the slaves if he would grant the union a victory. He did and I am. And that's why Lincoln said that he freed the slaves. Um, I think that's so significant. Why aren't we teaching it? Why don't we tell people that? It's not a matter of preaching a religion. It's a matter of telling the truth about history. And then, of course, you come to Lincoln's second inaugural address, the great address that's chiseled on the wall of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. It was his final great speech. Um, It's one of the greatest speeches and certainly political sermons in American history. And there's no question of what Lincoln believes. He believes that God is just and that, and that the war 
which came about uh, as humans perceived it by human will, actually was visited upon the nation by God as judgment for slavery. And, and, and now the nation needed to appease God, be kind, be gracious, restore those who had been wounded, and be a righteous nation. Lincoln said after his great second inaugural that he uh, knew it would not be a popular speech uh, because people don't like being confronted by the will of God and being shown the difference between their will and God's will. He literally saw himself in a prophetic role. Now, why, did I get all, why do I get all excited about this? Lincoln's presidency was one of the most transitional presidencies in American history. And much of what he did, if not most of what he did as president, he did on the basis of his reclaimed faith. He had once been the village atheist. He became a man who believed in a sovereign God who ruled in the affairs of men. I think it's a fascinating story. I loved telling it. And there's one twist about Lincoln in his early life and how he believed himself cursed and how that worked into his atheism that just, I, I've never seen it told. It fascinates me. Uh, it even helped me deal with some of my own soul's issues. And so I think it's, I just think it's a powerful story. And of course, it's a complete accident that it comes out right when Spielberg's film comes out. No, that's not true. Of course, we timed it this way. I hope you'll get it. I hope you'll enjoy it. I hope you'll see the movie. The movie just looks tremendous. And they're using a lot of Lincoln's words in the narration and the voiceovers. So you're going to hear a lot of, about his faith, I think. I hope Spielberg, who usually does a pretty good job with faith, uh, does not sidestep this. And uh, whatever the film does, the book will round it out. It's going to be a great time talking about Lincoln, and I hope you'll jump into it. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN, and a blogger for a number of leading online news services. His groundbreaking books on faith and American society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Faith of Barack Obama, The Mormonizing of America, and the soon-to-be-released Lincoln's Battle with God. You can learn more about Stephen at www.mansfieldgroup.com and connect with him on Facebook and on Twitter under the name Mansfield Writes. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell for Chartwell Literary Group.